0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where we like our novels graphic. I'm Susan. I'm Meredith. I'm Tara. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Hi. So, before we uh, do anything else, we need to have some congratulations here for Miss Jeanette. She has Heck had her baby. Yeah. Yay! Yay. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Mom and baby and are just fine. Yes, they are. And, and she's so cute. She is adorable. So cute. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Little baby hands and little baby cuddles. The one picture she shared um, for the IRL meeting was adorable.
1: I know, I know. So Newborn babies yeah. are so cute. So, <laughs> yep, so if Jeanette's not on for a little while, you know why, guys. Um, and everything's good, everything's fine, and, yeah, just a ball of adorableness, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, rest up, Jeanette. Podcast is in yeah. good hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, and how are you guys?
1: I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, Mare and I are going to New York this weekend. Yay! <laughs> so exciting. Um, yeah, we've got Book Riot Live. Um and it's I I just we've got we'll, we'll talk about it later but we've got so much planned and um yeah, no it's 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 going to be great. going to be great.
0: Um, <laughs> how about you, Anything additional <laughs> you want to add?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um
2: I am also excited. Uh yeah, it's going to be an awesome time and yeah, we'll 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 dive into it a little more here in a few minutes. But how are you, Susan?
0: I'm um, good. Uh being a parent and you know an actual adult recovering from you know special occasions apparently takes a longer. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we were recovering from a really busy Halloween weekend last weekend, so um, this weekend is going to be pretty relaxing and chill. So yep, luckily it was That's a good nice weekend. Though. Yeah, it was yeah. a good weekend. It was just really busy. So, oh life. <laughs> And being, a, being an adult, like, remember those days where, you know, you party all night, and you wake up, you're ready to go in the afternoon?
1: I mean, I haven't been able to really do that in a <laughs> long time. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember <laughs> those days. Were they necessarily better? I know, right?
0: Like, did, were we for the better? Were we really in a good place? <laughs>
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I miss being able to, like, basically down an entire bottle wide myself and be like, chipper as heck the next day. But um, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with my metabolism slowing down on these <laughs> issues. I think. I'm probably killing myself slower now. Yeah.
0: So anyways, yeah. So good times had by all. Um, yeah.
1: Excellent. So uh, what are we reading, guys? Susan, start with you.
0: Well, I am reading The Secret Loves of Geek Girls. And um, this is, doesn't really have a specific author because it's uh, an anthology. anthology. Oh, fun! Yeah, by different authors in the book slash comic world. Like Margaret Atwood did, like a little five comic thing. That's very and, cool. it, Yeah, and um, it's basically of just about their personal experiences of love. Dating and sex as being a geeky girl and not quite fitting in to the. Can norm? I just
1: admit that I love that Margaret Atwood thinks she's a geeky girl yeah. and <laughs> not like a wit- and not like a woodsy girl? Because if you've ever read anything by Margaret Atwood, I think that's what you would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm in love with the fact that she identifies. Mm -hmm. With fandom and geek culture, (laughs) one of us, one
0: (laughs) of us. Oh no, it's really fascinating. I mean, they're they're not very long by the authors. They're like five pages long. So like, I just read one little, you know, essay or or comic or whatnot a night, and it's it's really good and it's really interesting. And there's so many where I'm just like, oh my god, this was so me growing up. Where oh. were you? Where were you
1: <laughs> when I needed this? <laughs> oh, man. It's on my TBR, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely it's looking r- forward to that one. It's really yeah. good. And
0: I realized reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like because I'm still kind of slowly doing my book bingo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this will probably fulfill my essays box. So I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, actually, Meredith's book is also... On my TBR. Just everyone's fulfilling my, my <laughs> book wants this month. Uh, so you're there, living you through reading? our reading. Exactly. I'm vicariously living through your <laughs> reading. And you know, it's, what, what's really going to do is if you tell me it's good, I'm like, yes, my TBR is justified. My TBR <laughs> is good. You know, sometimes you need that. <laughs> yeah, I well,
2: yeah. I'm kind of jumping around between things right now, but they are all good. So there you go. Um, I'm reading The Girl from Everywhere by Heidi Heilig, and it's it's really interesting. I'm about halfway through, and you're following uh, a 16 year old girl named Nix, and her father owns this time traveling pirate ship.
1: Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else do you need, right? No, I mean, yes. That's why it's on my TBR. You just named the reason it's on my TBR.
2: <laughs> but it's the, the it's interesting. The way that they time travel is they have to have a map of the place and that was drawn at the time they want to travel to. Ooh. So, yeah. So they can't just like willy-nilly around. They have to. So they go on these, they're going on different quests to go somewhere to like bargain to get something, you know, like they're trying to get these specific maps. Um, Pretty much her, her dad is obsessed with getting back to, I can't remember what year in 1860, but in the 1860s, Hawaii, because that's where he met uh, Nix's mother. And while he was out on a voyage, she gives birth to Nix and ends up dying before he gets back. Oh, that's so sad. So he, like, his whole life, like, these whole 16 years, he's been obsessed with procuring another map that can get him back before she
1: dies. So are maps, like, one-time use objects in these? Yes. In this universe? Yes. Oh, that's so sad.
2: Yeah. Oh. But then Nyx is also kind of like, well, okay, but, you know, I'd love to meet my mom, but what happens to me if, you know what I mean? Like, the whole oh, yeah. time travel thing and... Uh, yeah, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes. And the sequel comes out in 2017, I think early ish on in 2017. So hopefully I won't have to wait long for the second book.
0: Well, that's
2: nice. So I'm reading that. And then while I'm doing chores and stuff, I'm listening to Bossy Pants by Tina Fey on audiobook. Uh, I'm one of the few people who hasn't read or listened to it yet. I, haven't, re- I haven't. I okay, haven't read it good. either.
0: Yeah. Yay, I'm not <laughs> alone. <laughs>
2: It's really good. It's very funny. Obviously, she's a great writer, and uh, it's great to hear it from her voice. So that's been a lot of fun. It makes chores more bearable, for sure. And then I also just started—technically, it's a short story. Uh, it's called Iron to Iron by Ryan Groudon, which is a prequel to Wolf by Wolf. Uh, I, I talked about that a few episodes ago where it's in the alternate universe where Hitler won right. World War II. So this, um, she just uh, put out the sequel, which is, I think, Iron, or no, Iron to Iron is the prequel, what is it, Blood for Blood. <laughs> I was like, I know it, Blood for Blood just came out, but I'm reading this little short story because it's giving more background to the characters mm. before I jump in to the sequel. Okay. So yeah, and it is also very good. It's, it's nice to get some more background on the characters. So I am
1: happy with everything I'm reading right now. <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Yeah. So Tara, what are you reading?
1: I am reading um, one of the books uh, from one of our Book Riot Live authors. Um, it's called The Grace of Kings by Ken Liu. Um, and it is an epic fantasy romp. Um, and by epic, I, I mean epic. Several kingdoms, a whole new world, Um silk airships it's very very cool um it's gonna be a part of what is it gonna be called uh the dandelion um yes i think so the the dandelion
2: well i mean i think it's gonna be a trilogy but i don't know if it has a special name
1: so so um but so far it's really good i'm i'm almost i'm like 75% through um but yeah it's it's really picking up. It's it, you know, it's an epic fantasy. We've got kingdoms and wars and dukes and princes and emperors and it's just um it's it's just a blast, really. And the thing I really love about it is so in a lot of epic fantasies, they typically take place in a um you know, fantastical version of Medieval times, right? Like uh, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. takes place in a fantastical version of um, early Western history. Most do, um, and people use that as an excuse um, to say and do horrible things to women. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm just going to really like put that out there pretty bluntly, um, and to be uh dis-inclusionary to uh, that—that's not a word, but now it is—to. Um, <laughs> Uh, to, like, you know, the LGBTQ community. And um, what I really like about this book is the main characters are pretty aware that, like, that's not okay. Or at least, like, the, the ma- a lot of the main characters that I like are pretty aware that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a lot of just subtle, like, oh, yeah, no, that dude likes a guy. And, like, he's head of an army or oh yeah uh, that dude uh, that girl is definitely more powerful than this person I, I, I just find it really subtle in a lot of ways that i i really like um i have so i have a couple of questions about certain reasons why certain characters are not more prominent but um that being said they're it's very inclusionary for a epic fantasy book that's just not normal you know Um, so I, uh, so I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. I know Mary, you've read it before. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that.
2: Oh yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to pick up the second book that just came out. What, maybe a month ago, a few weeks ago.
1: Oh my God.
0: (laughs) I have so many pages to read.
1: (laughs) Um, we want to give a quick, uh, shout out to Paul. Um, who was a first-time uh, Goodreads poster, I suppose. Uh, he's a listener of our podcast, um, and he posted on our Station Eleven thread in Goodreads, and he said that it may be one of the most realistic post-apocalyptic stories I've ever read. Um, the individual psychological responses were entirely believable, and I completely agree. Yeah, there's a really <laughs> good comment. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah um you know i mean if you listened and i know you did paul <laughs> uh, if you listened to our podcast uh, we pretty much were just like oh it's so good pretty uh, if you haven't listened to it yet guys or haven't li- read station 11 yet and don't want to spoil it for yourself definitely check that out uh once you've read the book and thank you so much paul uh for posting on goodreads yes. and uh chatting with us it was fun um uh, Megan also recently mentioned that she recommended Station Eleven to her mom and her boss. So keep spreading the good
0: word. <laughs> well, and her boss watched yeah. it
1: too and said she liked it. So uh, mm-hmm. awesome! I I kind of feel like I kind of feel like what I just said was very profiting. <laughs> keep spreading the good word. Um, should, should watch that. <laughs> um, an eye on you. So, Yeah, yeah, you know, probably not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as Mare and I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to be going to Book Riot Live, which is in New York this weekend. So by the time you actually listen to this, we'll have already been there. Yes, yes. We'll have already been there. Um, So this is... So, you know, you're hearing this from the future. The future. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So we're going there, though, this weekend, which is the November 13th weekend. um, And we're really, really excited. Um, We're... um, we're really excited to announce that we have a ton of author interviews that we're going to be doing. Um, you know, we're hoping to get some time with Charlie Jane Anders, who was the founding, um, editor for the sci-fi fandom website, io9.com and author of the book, um, all the birds in the sky, which Mary and I loved. Oh, um, so good. Yeah. Ken Liu, who I'm reading right now, who, um, famously translated the uh, Chinese sci-fi epic, The Three-Body Problem, um, but we'll mostly be discussing his first book in his fantasy series, The Grace of Kings. I swear I'm going to get it done in time. Don't worry, Ken, I've got you. Um, and, then, and then we're also hoping to uh, get some time with Valentine Delandro, who is the co-creator and illustrator of Bitch Planet, uh, which is a great graphic novel series. Um he's done a ton of stuff, as, including one of the um uh the famous X Factor run, um, which is an X-Men title. Um uh, and it's uh yeah, I can't wait. These guys are amazing. And, um, oh my God, Meredith, do you have anything you want to add? I just, I'm just fangirling. That's exactly what I was about to say.
2: (laughs) We are totally fangirling about meeting everyone and getting to sit down and talk with them about their work and meeting other bookish friends that we've Mm -hmm. made on Litzy and other
1: places. And it's going to be so much fun. Oh, and going to fancy, fancy parties in the, um, in the rare book room of the Strand, which Yes, very Fancy. It's very exciting. <laughs> um, we're going to hopefully be gathering a list from all the authors we talked to about what their eclectic picks are. Um, so we'll have a pretty good book rec list from all of these guys by mm-hmm. the end of the show. Um, at least that's what we're hoping for. So uh, check out our Twitters also, because uh, we'll probably be posting a few of those periodically. Yep, Twitter um, and Litzy, definitely. Yes, yes, let's see. I need to get better. Let's see. Um, So, okay. On to our general book talk, which will be about, non-shocker to everyone here, (laughs) uh, graphic novels. Um, So we're reading a graphic novel this month, or we've read at this point, um, a graphic novel for this month. And that brought up the really good topic of, so what are everyone's favorite graphic novels and what do you get out of the medium? Um, Susan, I know you've been a long time graphic novel reader <laughs> as opposed to like Meredith, who's pretty just, I mean, pretty new, but has dived in deep, totally man. Totally um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the last year, I think, Mare, right? That's like yep. really the first time you've read a graphic novel. So um, mm-hmm. we've got a pretty good discussion here. Susan, do you want to start? <laughs> oh, Geez, where do I begin?
0: <laughs> um, I'll keep it short. Um, I'm going to kind of uh, go through the gamut of like my whole history here by f- a few titles. Anything by Clamp is a win oh. for me. They are just yes. phenomenal. They are incredible. All their stuff that they come out with is so good. Children, adult, it, they cover everything. They are phenomenal. They will always be my favorite. <laughs> um, and then one, uh, Fushigi Yugi, which is incredibly like so high late high school, early college for me, like made a huge mark in my love of graphic novels. Um, and recently, well, sort of recently, because I haven't read graphic novels as often, um, but Fruits Baskets, Nodame Cantabile, and Olan High School Coast Club are all really, really good um, graphic novels. So those are my favorite Japanese ones. <laughs> um, going towards the American side, which um, I haven't read as much, but I love Civil War, um, I thought it was incredibly oh, fascinating, even though like I don't really follow Marvel or DC or anything like that. I did follow Civil War, and it's really, really good. I like it a lot. Scott Pilgrim is another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, love it so much. Movie, totally did it justice. Oh, and... movie's so
1: good. It's like maybe <laughs> the best comic book movie. Right. I agree. Like, like actually <laughs> actually doing the real comic book.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
1: Marvel, your movies are great. Not like based anything. on, it's right? Yeah. 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 Exactly.
0: Um, and I Kill Giants was uh, a read uh, for the eclectic readers a few years ago. So good. So, I Kill Giants. Mm-hmm. If
1: you have not read that book, you guys, yeah. I, I cannot agree with Susan Moore. It is so phenomenal. It's really good. Um, and they're supposedly making it into a movie. I really hope that still gets made. Um, the author for I Kill Giants is Joe Kelly. Um, and it was published through Image Comics. Um, it's really just a, a yep <laughs> great A story, great A story, emotional heart ripper, will mm-hmm. make you cry, bring tissues. Very good, <laughs> so good.
0: <laughs> so, how about you, Meredith? What have you delved into <laughs> since you started getting into graphic novels? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, like like Tara mentioned, really, this is my first year of graphic novels, which started back in, wow, back in January now when we read The Sculptor for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So
1: that was... I I made you read your first graphic novel. I feel like such a proud parent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mom.
1: No problem, baby girl.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was really interesting. Obviously, I've now read Blankets. But uh, in between those two, I've read just a few more. I read uh, one called The Poet and the Flea which I picked up at the uh, DC Zine Fest over the summer. So it was just a little independently made uh, comic. And it was about uh, William Blake. So it was pretty interesting. And I've also read Lumberjames Volume 1 and Bitch Planet Volume 1. And I really enjoyed both of them. So I'm looking forward to getting some more volumes of those. And I, honestly, I don't really know why I, I haven't read them before. I think maybe, maybe growing up, I just assumed they were all superhero type things and especially now there's so many when you look at Marvel or DC I'm like where would I even start? It's, it's pretty intimidating. I have, some
1: recommend, I have some recommendations for you if mm-hmm. you want to know where you can start in Marvel or DC's like true universe I, I, I can help you. <laughs> if you okay. Tara if you is want the person to go to. <laughs> I am. Yes. I am. And this, this is to our listeners too. If you want to pick up X-Men or you want to pick up um, any one title let me know on Twitter or Litzy or however you want to get in touch with me and I will give you what I think is the best jumping on point for the current um, for the current verse essentially Um, cool
2: yeah yeah. I mean that would be very helpful Um, (laughs) but aside from kind of the superhero aspect uh, especially on Litzy I've been getting this whole new TBR opened up to me of graphic novels (laughs) that I now want to read Yep. Um, I've heard great things about Saga, monstrous. Yeah, Saga is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, yeah. Uh, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl because yep. squirrels, you know.
1: Uh, and then we're talking. And <laughs> hey, hey, that is a Marvel comic, and that's oh, okay. a great Marvel comic. So that's, that's like a real a way character I could get into Marvel. Yeah, a real character in the Marvel universe. She was not an there Avenger. Yeah.
2: Huh. <laughs> Uh, let's see. A few more. Kind of. Let's see. I Hate Fairyland. I've heard some good stuff about. Mm-hmm. Nimona. Since I've read Lumberjanes, I'd like to get Nimona next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, giant Days, I've heard is a lot of fun. And, mm-hmm. of course, The Sandman. You know, I got to get some Neil Gaiman in, right?
1: Yep. Neil Gaiman, man. Neil Gaiman is a trip, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to read the follow-up uh, death story as well. It's mm. really, really good. Um, oh, yes, all of those are amazing. I haven't read all of them. Some are on my TBR, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the one you didn't mention that I really think you'd like Meredith is mm-hmm. called Fables. Okay. And it is a graphic novel series that I think just finally ended. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think it. I think it did. So now it's complete. Um, about fairy ta- like what happened if the fairy tale world was destroyed and all the fairy tale creatures had to come to Earth. And essentially had to mask their true identities and like their true behavior patterns. And um, it, it, it's really good because you know they all left. It's really interesting because you don't know why they left for a long time. You know there was some bad guy, but they drag that on for a while. Like who that bad guy is and what does that bad guy actually want? And it's um, it's just a really really good series, and I think you'd really like it.
2: Wow, that is really good to know. Yeah cool
1: so um i've been reading graphic novels a,
0: a, a while just <laughs> a little a while, while right
1: <laughs> just just a little while i mean but i'm going to say like susan i'm pretty sure my first graphic novel was actually a manga i think it was the sailor moon manga i was
0: just going to say was it sailor
1: moon <laughs> <laughs> i think so um when i was like 7 i th- think that was my first manga. Now, that being said, I was definitely collecting those Marvel trader cards at the Mm. time. I just don't think I was actually reading graphic novels yet. Um, So, I mean, I got into, God, everything. I love, my loves, my loves, are the Teen Titans from DC, Batman characters from DC, X-Men from Marvel, um, and then a lot of the smaller um, a lot of the smaller team books, which by the way, I'm about to list a bunch of things, Meredith, you may want to note. Um, <laughs> I really think the Young Justice series is really good. Um, the like I said before, the X Factor series that um Valentine illustrated for the second half is really, really excellent. Um the Astonishing X-Men series, which was a Joss Whedon book, is really, really good. Um and uh God, I'm forgetting its name for the Runaways. The Runaways. Yeah,
0: runaways. Um, I like them.
1: Which there's actually, there's actually a Easter egg to the Runaways in the Doctor Strange movie. Oh. oh, yeah? Which I literally squealed over. You can see the staff of one and one of the main character's mothers and Nico's mom, if you know who the Runaways oh. are. And Nico's mom is actually in the Runaways. I'm In Doctor Strange. I like was like, oh, that's the staff of one. Um, so <laughs> I'm just glad they threw that in there because really like, Who's gonna pick up on that unless you're a super nerd? Which thank you, Marvel, for knowing we exist and acknowledging <laughs> us. Um, it um, wouldn't but,
0: exist uh, without us. Just saying. <laughs> I
1: know. Um, some of the serious comics, though, I've really loved over the years. Um, I was gonna say I Kill Giants as well because it really is excellent. Um, it's about a little girl's. Um, it's about a little girl dealing with her mom's impending death. And oh illness. wow. Yeah. So um but it's done in a way that is just phenomenal. Really 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 phenomenal. Um the other one I really love is Like a Bird. I think mm. that's what it's oh, called. That's on my TBR. I haven't read
0: it Yeah, that Like
1: a Bird is is so good and actually um Erin uh who's in our IRL book meeting, she's the one who wrecked this one to me. Um Erin um told me about she's like it's about superman and i'm like Ugh, i hate superman <laughs> he's one of the most boring characters in comics why are you making me read this she goes okay okay it's not about superman it's about a writer who actually agrees with you trying to write superman while his family also goes through the um the pains of dealing with hutchington's disease and i'm like go on <laughs> so it talks a lot about the background of superman um why the creators created superman i mean uh, this is pretty common now but like you know superman's created by two jews um right around the time of world war ii um and it really was in response to what was going on in the world at the time um you know trying to create the perfect hero essentially um and, and it talks about you know the Writer's struggle to write Superman Why the writer doesn't even want to And the struggles he has with his own family And starting a family And the things that are going on in his personal life And it is brilliant Just Just really really good So um, if this is on your TBR um, Stack it to the top Again tissues I don't know why I like things that make me cry but, <laughs> yeah. um, But it is Very very good Very cool
2: Well, along with all these graphic novels we've been talking about, let's talk about the graphic novel we just read, Blankets by Craig Thompson. So a quick quick summary (laughs) before we dive in. Blankets is a story of a young man coming of age and finding the confidence to express his creative voice. Craig Thompson's poignant graphic memoir plays out against the backdrop of a Midwestern winterscape as a portrait of adolescent yearning, first love and first heartache, Faith in crisis and the process of moving beyond all of that. So, ladies, what was one thing that stood out to you in this book?
0: Um, How much I related to his story. I mean, what I, because I have gone through similar things, and um, it's just like, oh, well, look at that. I was not the only one who struggled with this (laughs) during my high school years, you know? Um, So, it really, I really related to it and really understood where he was coming from. Like he p- conveyed that really well to me. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Um I liked the inclusion of the Bible verses when he was in crisis um and the way they relate back to the story. I actually think that could have been included more. Um
2: mm, okay. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: but that that that's something that really stuck out to me. But maybe that's also because as an English major you study religious texts a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I've done my own personal study of a lot of religious texts. So like, ah, oh, very interesting. Like, I like and see why you picked that one. And, I, and I, uh, yeah, intellectually, I just enjoyed that bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, w- it was interesting to see the different verses that he picked, definitely. And Susan, I am totally on that boat with you. <laughs> uh, that I was like, wow, I know exactly what you're going through, Craig. Uh, I also grew up in a conservative Christian household, and it wasn't quite that strict. No. But um, I definitely understood where he was coming from. And while I was doing some research, I found an interview that uh, Craig gave to MotherJones.com, which I'll link in the show notes for you listeners. Uh, But he pretty much starts by talking about his parents' censorship on all media in his house growing up. They watched all the movies and TV shows beforehand, before they were allowed to watch it, and only Christian music was allowed. But for whatever reason, comics flew under the radar because his parents just considered them children's entertainment. So uh, that's kind of how he got into drawing and into graphic novels and comics. So, I mean, I get that, man. Yeah. People, mm-hmm. if my
1: parents knew what was in some of the comics <laughs> I was reading at the time, they probably would not have allowed me <laughs> yeah. to read them.
2: So, yeah, it was interesting that they censored so much, but they're like, oh, yeah, sure, <laughs> read that, no problem.
1: Yep.
2: Uh, but did your par- <clears throat> did your parents censor anything in your childhood, or would you censor anything in your own child's uh, life?
1: Oh, good question. So I'm not a mom. Susan is, so she'll have more, <laughs> more like, actual things to say. At this point, it's all theoretical. Um, I think I would censor anything too violent. I don't think I'd censor sex, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't obviously be overtly sexual, but I believe in body positive child raising um, in the ways that I've thought about it. You know, making sure that my child, whether male or female, understands that his or her body has agency uh, what his or her body can do why why they ha- why agency is so important and why body autonomy is so important and i think having that discussion early is um i think especially in this world that we currently live in it's just so so important um because sex is everywhere i mean on any major tv show it's just you know it's pretty prevalent so discussing you know what is healthy and what isn't is, I think, just really important. Um, I would censor something that America's not very good at censoring, which is um, violence. I think that discussing that violence happens is fine. But um, I think we're way too casual about blood and gore and uh, very, very disturbing images at a much too young age, especially for boys. Um mm-hmm. <clears throat> So that's probably what I would censor. But I wouldn't, like, go out of my way <laughs> to do it. I would just, you know, show them other things. I don't know, you know? I don't, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but I wouldn't say, you can't watch this. It's, uh, You know, I'd I discuss it with them, probably. Um, now, I, nothing was really censored in my house that I noticed. I mean, I'm sure. Like, my mom was like, don't curse. But then she'd curse, sort of a thing. Um <laughs> But actually, funny story, is talking about gore and gross things. I have a younger sister, and I noticed my younger sister was really getting into Ren and Stimpy. And then I like was going around <laughs> the house at like five, quoting all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went to my parents, and I went, you have, to, you have to turn this off. You have to. I was like, I was like, Ren Stippy is not appropriate for her age group and she's watching it every day and you're just putting her in front of the TV and letting her watch it and it's going to be bad for her and mess up her mind and she's not going to know what to do. I was obviously way too mature for me. like, what, what child does this? I'm like, you have to turn this off the TV. <laughs> So you censored your own sister. <laughs> I censored my own sister. It's like I, I, I didn't tattle on her because it wasn't her fault, but I, like, put my parents on notice. I was like, this is bad parenting. <laughs> like, wow, you need to turn this <laughs> off. Uh, which tells you exactly what sort of child I probably was. Um <laughs> yeah. yeah, what about you guys?
0: Yeah, Susan, what about you? Um. Well, growing up, it was. I grew up in a pretty strict household, so I wouldn't say they, like, actively censored because they weren't like, you can't do this, you can't do this. They just didn't have it in a house. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because like American pop culture is not a thing that they're interested in. So they just didn't have it in the house. I was unaware of a lot of things until I got to college. Um, so, um, but books, like it's when I really started opening my eyes, when I started getting more into books in high school, um, because, oh, you're reading. Reading is good for you. Keep reading. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. um yeah, but, you know, so it wasn't active, active censoring. Like, they didn't say, you know, watch something beforehand or read something beforehand and then tell me, yes, you can read it. Like, they never really did that. Um, they just, like, limited TV time and then just didn't, they didn't really listen to music. And you know what I mean? They didn't really lo- watch a lot of American shows. So I missed out on all that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, In regards to my girls, I actually had this conversation with Kim, one of our IRL members, because um, she's a mommy and um i I really wouldn't censor in the sense like i would I would read things with her i mean she's re- i read stuff to her that are like supposed to be ages like four to six you know what I mean like um if she has questions then I would answer it at that point like I don't think I would really censor her I would censor in the sense of something like she can't handle this. She's literally too young. Like her maturity mm-hmm. level is not there, I think is most important because if they're not mature enough to handle or take in a situation, then they're going to take it the wrong way, which is important not to have happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I feel like it, or she comes in wants to read it or ask me the questions, then that will help me determine like, oh, she's probably not ready for this. We should show these types of books for now. Or like, oh, hey, do she you ever seems ask, to be ready.
1: Hmm? Do you ever ask things like, Okay, so this just happened, or you just saw this. What, how does this make you feel? Or Sometimes. What you think about
0: this? I mean, that's, the feelings are just coming now.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Um,
0: before, they're not quite aware. <laughs> they're just kind of everywhere. Um, <clears throat> but by now, it's like, you know, if she's mad, like, are you feeling sad? are you mad? Like, that's the type of questions you'll start asking. And then now you'll say, oh, they're smiling. You think they're happy? You think they're sad? Like, you know, simple emotions like that. So, I mean, obviously, some other things, like jealousy and things like that are a little harder for them to grasp. But then, I mean, you keep having that conversation. And then, you know, they'll get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard. It's a fine line of what you think is right for them or not. And sometimes they'll have to come and tell you in by way of, throwing a tantrum or asking a question, I right. hey, I am ready to, t- you know, handle this thing. And then you're like, oh, OK. And then, you know, you kind of help guide them. You know, parenting is mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, I yeah, mean, no,
1: dude, I'm terrible.
0: No, it's just it's <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it's, and some of it is trial and error, right? <laughs> it totally is. Totally. But I think oh. a good rule of thumb for me is like, is she mature enough to handle this? Is basically what I try to mm. go by.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think both of what you said for you know quote unquote censoring makes sense with a kid. Um, my parents, when I was much younger, they've definitely mellowed out as they've gotten older. Yep. But when we were really young, they did definitely censor TV and movies, especially not so much music or books. Um, but one example that always sticks with me is uh, the Disney's The Little Mermaid. You know a Disney cartoon for kids. Um, But during the scene with Ursula when she's making the potion for Ariel, if my mom was around, she would fast forward through that scene because it was witchcraft and we shouldn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, a lot of important plot points happen in that short time. Uh, So it was always very confusing when suddenly we'd fast forward and then Ariel's on land and she can't talk and she has legs and what is happening? (laughs) Uh, But there were definitely times because my younger sister, it was her favorite movie, she watched it practically on a loop. So there were definitely times where my mom wasn't in earshot of when we got to that point and we were bad and we watched it. (laughs) And (laughs) And so we figured out what exactly happened.
1: This is what you make your children do. You make them watch The Little Mermaid. (laughs) Exactly. All the
2: way through. All the way through. But then this was also happening at the same time that my dad was reading The Hobbit to us out loud. So (laughs) I don't really understand where the lines were drawn or if it was really just my mom versus my dad. Um, But thankfully, my parents are huge supporters of the arts So, you know, we were always taken to dance classes and music classes and theater classes. And, you know, my sister took art classes for a while. So they were like totally supportive of that. I mean, good grief. I got I got a degree in music and English and my younger sister got a degree in photography. So they are totally pro (laughs) arts. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think with what you two are saying makes a lot of sense with your children. You just need to figure out what's right for them not necessarily because it's you know witchcraft or you know things like that but yeah just can they handle this is this something that they should be looking at so i think it's it's a hard
0: hard thing to do though being a parent's tough Yeah. well on the note about the little mermaid meredith um that just reminded me like so we've we watched little mermaid we've watched beauty and the beast we've watched brave like and there are quote-unquote, scary scenes, especially for little children. And -hmm. at first, when she said it was scary, I'd be like, okay, I'll just skip to the next scene. And I was like, wait a second, this is stupid, because then I have to sit here (laughs) and get to the part to make sure I skip through it. This is dumb, because then I can't, like, go to the bathroom or something, you know, or go do Mm -hmm. the dishes really quickly, or go get something really quickly. So uh, I stopped doing that, because that was a pain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just, she just watches through it and if it's scary for her she'll run into the kitchen or she'll run to where I am and then we'll go to the playroom together when the scary part is over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's kudos to your mom to try to like pass but that's a lot of work, man. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. It definitely didn't happen every time. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Moms are busy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Especially at that point
2: she had three of us so Mm -hmm. it's like she had stuff to do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, of course, the title of this graphic novel is Blankets, and blankets are seen different ways throughout the story with different meanings. So, what did the blankets mean to you?
1: Oh, god. Um, a loose tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm gonna be angsty about this. Um, a uh, you know, a very loose tie-in about snow and comfort and uh moments where he felt love and safety in his life. hmm Yeah, because there weren't that many, right? I mean, at yeah, least from I mean what there's we were the seeing. blanket from his childhood bed. There's the blanket she gives him. There's her blanket in the story. And then there's the blankets of snow. <clears throat> if you really want to stretch, but I'm pretty sure he meant for it. So um <laughs> We're going to go with it. Um, and the blankets of snow and all of those things make life more connected, make life seem better. Um, enables him some sort of what is truthfully a false protection, you know, only momentary, momentary false protection and the feeling of love and safety in different ways. So, um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Susan, okay, if you sad.
0: No, I, I I agree and I find it fascinating that he goes with blankets. I think this is a r re- really telling of how the story's gonna go once you read. It's like, oh, because he's supposed to be really religious and depend on the Bible for comfort and safety, but that's not really what he does. I mean he quotes the Bible, he quotes certain passages. Um but he's always conflicted and he stays conflicted but when he's near like the blankets and stuff you'd see he feels like a moment of calmness and serenity mm-hmm. um so maybe it's like a way of subtly telling you throughout the book like this is where i found my comfort and it wasn't in, in the bible you know mhm yeah no i
2: i agree um and that's the thing you know we start out the story with the blankets you know when when they're cuddled up and everything And um, what did you think about, you know, uh, they shared a bed for quite some time, and uh, that seemed to be one of the the times that they connected. I mean, sometimes, obviously, they fought. I mean, they are brothers. Um, But it was also a time where they connected, and and the world wasn't so terrible. Um, Did you ever have to share a bed
0: with your sibling? I know I did for a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I totally did. Um, living in the New England area near New York City, it's, you know, it's really expensive. So um, we shared a room. The room was not big enough for two beds. So my sister and I shared a room for a very long time. Um, one thing I did learn, because we slept. That's what we did when we were in bed. We slept. Like, we didn't talk. Well, we fought sometimes, especially when it was cold. <laughs> but we mostly slept. Like, we didn't really talk, especially because we were five years apart. Um mm-hmm. But I did learn to be a very still sleeper. (laughs) (laughs) I can sleep on my side of the bed. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, that I didn't really like fighting and playing pretend and things like that. Like it didn't really do. Mm
1: -hmm. So Alex and I, I'm talking about her a lot this episode. I'm sorry, Alex. She hates any sort of attention. Um, Alex and I didn't have to share a bed. Oh God! she's gonna kill me! I hope she doesn't listen to this <laughs> We don't have to- she, we didn't have to share a bed. We had two separate rooms um <clears throat> and my in my room there's two twin beds <clears throat> that are pushed together to essentially make a king um and Alex, though, would get scared a lot. And when my mom didn't want to sleep in her room or you know deal with Alex waking up in the middle of the night, she would make me allow Alex to sleep in my room, which <laughs> I um, hated, hated as a kid, hated. I was just like, no, this is my space. I, it's not my fault that she doesn't like the dark. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> as sort of retribution or to punish her I knew she hated science fiction (laughs) so I would make her watch Star Trek if she stayed in my room (laughs) that was the price she had to pay (laughs) I was like well you're here I was like you're here guess what we're putting on Star Trek Voyager enjoy, (laughs) enjoy this great episode with Catherine Janeway. I mean, I did, but she hated it. And I'm like, this is, you know, you can go back to your room anytime. (laughs) Um, Occasionally I let her, if she's having a really bad day, I'd let her pick what we watched. But like most of the time I was like, you don't actually need to be here, kid. You can go away now. (laughs) So um, no, yeah, we didn't, I mean, Al and I, we always had, well, we lived in suburbia, first off. We didn't live anywhere near our city. Um, so we always had a room between our rooms called, shockingly, the middle room. But I suppose most <laughs> people would call it, like, the media room or something like that. Uh, we called it the middle room because we're not creative. Um, and that's where we played. Like, we, we we made forts there. We hid behind the couch. We we. we that's really where our creative space was. It wasn't really um yeah, you know, we didn't really play with each other in each other's rooms. Like I remember her room was a Barbie room and my room was my little pony room and never shall the two meet. <laughs> she stole one of my My Little Ponies once to have her Barbies ride them and I gave her a talk to about how My Little Ponies are not rides for Barbies. <laughs> yeah, and come I- on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so yeah. A lot of my childhood, I did have to share a room with one sister or another because I was a middle child. But when I was young, I think uh, pretty much in anticipation of my youngest sister being born, I did have to share a bed with my older sister, who uh, is four years older than me. And apparently I don't remember this cuz I was very young but I refused to go to sleep unless my sister was in bed with me.
0: Aww. So yeah.
2: <laughs> That's um, so so, cute. so being the awesome big sister that she is, she got into bed with me and waited until I fell asleep and then left again.
0: <laughs> oh, you <laughs> until it was actually her hard work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they but just they figured are. you know what this is <laughs> Just just do this for a while. It's easier than fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at
1: least Meredith was, a, Meredith was a middle child, so she got it from both directions. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> we, I feel like we can forgive her a bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Craig is an older brother to his brother. I can't remember his name right at the moment. Uh, but he feels a lot of guilt for not better protecting him. Whether it was from the undue punishments from their dad or not stopping the babysitter from molesting them, uh, he had so much guilt that he was dealing with. Um, do Did you guys have any guilt that you feel now when you think back with how you interacted
0: with your siblings? Um, she'd get so, hurt sometimes when we play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, right? I, I'm like, but, I mean, small nothing, interactions.
0: Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but I mean we were both really good. Um my parents didn't really go anywhere, so we never really had a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Um even though my parents were really strict because we were fairly good, like we didn't co- and because we were so far apart in age, like we didn't really get together and cause mischief type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um I mean Yeah.
1: I was actually pretty fierce about protecting Alex. Um which we didn't go to the same school very often, so it, it didn't need to happen very often. But um, I, I always sort of had this idea like, I can pick on you and call you a brat, but other people can't pick on you. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. And I will not be okay with that. Um, and that went all the way through college. I mean, I once got into it with a sorority sister who went in on, on Alex and, I was, <laughs> and she was like, this isn't your business. I'm like, anything to do with Alex is my business. I, I, I'm I, making uh, it my
2: business. I'm making
1: it my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I was right. And so, you know, I felt vindicated. But, um, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, where I could, um, you know, because Alex and I would always, you know, summer vacation was at those resorts where our parents essentially shipped us off to camp during the day, Mm. you know? Mm. Um, So I always watched out for Alex during those times. I'd make friends for her first, and then make friends for myself. Um, So I don't have a lot of guilt around those sorts of things. I mean, just small interactions, I'd say horrible things. I I once convinced her that um, a quarter was worth more than a dollar, a dime was worth more than a quarter, a nickel was worth more than a dime, and a penny was worth more than a nickel. And we traded all our money out. I mean, that really should have been her first clue. Like, why would I give her all that money? Um, but we all- My mom did find that out and, and made me give it all back. Um, oh, but I think that's pretty smart, though. Um, um, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, little things, little things like that, but no, nothing Big. I feel like I did my best to protect mm-hmm. Alex and help her. I I helped her with her homework all the time, so I did my best. I think. Yeah. I mean, and that's all we can do, do, right? We can only do
2: yeah. our best as kids. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm the middle child, so I did. I, I have an interesting perspective of being a younger and an older sister. Uh, and yeah, like I think I think my older sister is awesome, and I love my younger sister, but I do feel like I could have done more for her um but again yeah when you're 4 years apart we weren't at the same school together i mean thankfully i mean at least from what i know none of us were like really bullied like craig or his brother were um but yeah i think there's always some things you're like oh i wish i hadn't said that or but you know your kids and i think i think our our siblings understand that too
1: yeah. you know i mean i mean going back to like the i just feel like one of the things that's missing in this book actually is Craig and his brother having that conversation.
2: Mm-hmm, I, feel,
1: I feel like they just go into adulthood and everything's forgiven and everything's fine. And I don't think Craig's brother would... Is his name Ray? I don't remember. Um, Craig's brother would um, blame him. Like, they're both kids. They're both victims. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. There's no reason to actively blame Craig for what happened. But, like, there's just no conversation about it between them. Like it's just Craig's memories and thoughts back to it. And I always, I just feel that that's really, I, I just feel like it's not, it's not enough, you know, given how much emphasis is put on and how disturbing those images are. um, You know, I wanted more resolution on that front, especially as a reader.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree. I think th- the end, there could have been a lot more added That would have helped, definitely. Um, So going along with that shame and guilt, (laughs) Craig seems to just have shame and guilt about everything, you know, uh, especially when it comes to his sexuality, sexual urges or just sexual curiosity. We see him get reprimanded for drawing a picture of a naked woman as a child, and he only masturbates one time his senior year of high school, one time. But he still feels this huge amount of shame and guilt because of it. So, what are your thoughts and feelings on this shame and guilt that he's feeling? Could could you relate in any way?
1: I, I just don't even think it's healthy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. boys in high school get erections like the wind brushes past them and they get an erection. How do you not? Um, how do you not know enough about your body? I, I really, honestly think that's not good. <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. um are not healthy for an individual. Um I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um I don't have a lot of lot to relate to there. Um I just think when he said it was the only time he masturbated, I was actually disturbed by that. Mm. Actually disturbed.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's yeah. that's a church thing. <laughs>
1: it is. It
0: is a total church thing.
1: Yeah, it's
0: like you know, you only do you know you only do sexual things when you get married. Like everything else before that is not good in the eyes of God. Um, and yes, it's not healthy. Um, there's a lot of suppression there, and um, like even the thought of safe sex is not even a consideration. Um, abstinence is huge. You know, that's all they mm-hmm. really talk about. And um, so, I mean, especially when you know teenagers just racked with hormones and they're confused. And when you hear like something like this and it's like, I'm thinking about this all the time. Am I that bad? Then you start feeling guilty and then you just start feeling bad for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I-, I could relate
2: in the fact that, yeah, when you grow up in a conservative household in in a religious you know church going kind of household you definitely have this pounded into your head pretty early on in age especially as, as women you know we're supposed to remain pure and you know keep our virtue and all of these things and i have to say the the youth group i was in in middle school they tried like they tried <laughs> to kind of be cool about it they had a little slogan that sex is great in the bonds of holy matrimony <laughs> yeah um you know, and, and so when that's what you grow up with, this is, you definitely feel this shame and guilt about what seems to just be something that your body is doing
1: mm-hmm. that you don't even have control I, over. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And it messes with you. It does. it does. I can totally see how it does. Yeah. I, I think that's really just hard for me to relate to because the Jewish, the Jewish um, interaction with sin is very different at least from my perspective, from a reformed conservative perspective, not an orthodox perspective, I, I can't speak to that. Oh, sure. Um But from a reformed conservative Judaism, Jew, Jew, Jewish perspective, um, you know, I think that, you know, the relation of sin is sin happens, but if you feel guilt and you atone, which we have a whole day for that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you atone and like you, you admit to it, like that's really important. The importance is that you... You admit to it, admit to your guilt, and um, deal with that personally. Um, then you know everyone sins, and that it's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just it's a it, 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 it's di- it's 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 it feels different to me than the way you guys describe your relationship with sin. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I would yeah. <laughs> and I and I do want to say it's not always church based. One one of our um, IRL members did say that she still felt a lot of this you know, pressure to keep her virginity and, and, you know, keep her legs closed um, from her mom. And it was just more of a cultural thing. So it's not always religious, but a lot of the times it is. Uh, And so he has all these, he has all of these feelings and then he meets Raina. And uh, we do spend a fair amount of the book kind of in that relationship. So how do you feel about the love story between Craig and Raina? Do you think it was an accurate portrayal of the relationship? And do you think it was a fair portrayal of Reina?
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, that's two different questions, Mayor. <sighs> Um, So um, I, I should have related to this. I really felt that way. I, I really should have related to this. My first boyfriend I had, I, I got during summer camp. We had a long distance relationship for a year. We broke it off um before we could see uh before summer camp happened the next year. Um <clears throat> so I, I should relate to this. I have a very similar first love, I guess, storyline. Um we even met up part way of the year because my dad is awesome and took me to New Jersey uh to go to Aww. his bar mitzvah. To go to his bar mitzvah. I got a pretty <laughs> dress. Anyway, um met his friends. Um and uh but I just I think it is Rena's portrayal in this that I find. It's not that she isn't a complicated character. She's a complicated character and she, um, has a complicated family situation, which actually, uh, the description of her sister, Laura or Lauren, um, she, that is one of my favorite things about this book. How well, um, you know, mental ment of uh, people with mental, uh, illness, uh, we're we're Disability. handled in this yeah. book disabilities. So that's the one I'm looking for. Thank you. I'm like I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna get some hate for that. Sorry guys, I didn't mean to. I just couldn't find the word. Uh, mental disabilities are um, portrayed in this book, and I thought it was beautiful. Actually, mm-hmm. the way he described it. But you know, Raina, it it's very. I don't know. I I I look back, and I really want to know how she feels about her portrayal in this, because this is autobiographical, which means mm-hmm. this person does exist um and there's just a lot of male gaze on reina that makes me fairly uncomfortable as a female um just and the way he puts some unrealistic i think expectations on her and on their relationship which is not actually um that surprising on based on first love but you know I actually think she's really real and honest and adult about her emotions, but he draws her very, um, I don't know who, who said it. It was, um, Oh, Meredith. Um, it was the whore and the virgin, um, syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like, like he really portrayed her in that light visually. Like she was either, um, you know, this martyr, woman figure or uh, this beautiful whore in his bed and um, even though sometimes her words were not that way which I I, I did appreciate that her words didn't go with the images but I still felt like we weren't getting all of her I feel like that often with male characters especially in adolescence that we're just not getting the interesting female enough of that enough of the character dynamics of the interesting female player
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that makes sense because this is what he's seeing. And I mean, it, it shows that when they go to that one party and like everybody's like, oh, it's Reina. And like he realized there's this whole side of Reina that I do not know. Um, and he doesn't really want to get to know that because he wants the Reina that he knew at camp and talking on the phone and, you know, corresponding mm-hmm. with. Um, so it is the Disturbing, slightly annoying, um, but I can't really, you know, tell him off about it because it's, it's his first love. It's his, his perspective. Like he didn't know any better. You know what I mean?
1: And and, and to your point, he showcases that mm-hmm. he's a little bit ignorant around that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah.
0: I think, yeah. it, I think if you learned from that experience then it's like, okay, I can forgive you because you didn't know any better. Um, you were unaware but now that you've learned from it, you know how did you learn from it, type of thing.
1: I mean, but don't you feel like it's still a little? What's the word I'm looking for? Objectifying, or like he's using this person in his life, especially in the medium of graphic novels, which I, I suppose maybe I'm really sensitive to this because graphic novels often male gaze, just in general, uh, male gaze to make men look more like men think men should look not the way women think men should look and then male gaze women to make women look the way men think women should look and I'm just really aware that you know most of the creators are men mm-hmm. and it, it it feels like he stole I mean this is why maybe I really want to I really wish I had an interview from Rena but <laughs> um, it feel it feels a little bit like he stole something in his portrayal of her. I don't know how to articulate that any better. Sorry.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I would have loved to have had more on Raina, but again, this is supposed to be kind of a memoir, autobiographical, graphic novel. Uh, And so we're only really getting it from his perspective, but man, she, she had a tough, tough, you know, time mm-hmm. with all of these things she was juggling. She was still in high school and, you know, she's dealing, trying to pretty much be a parent yeah. to her, her older siblings, but who have, you know, mental disabilities. Her oldest sister, who's pretty much checked out, even though she has a child and her mom is obviously checked out mm-hmm. with everything going on. And so, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't, I guess, be upset that we're not getting more of it because that wasn't the point of the story. It wasn't just something he made up and didn't, you know, elaborate on. Um, it's just what it was from his perspective. But I do think it was interesting the way he was drawing her. Um, she seemed to have more detail in her face than some of the other characters. Like he mm-hmm. gave her like the fuller lips, and um, sometimes did her eyes a little more intricately than even himself. And then, yeah, kind of what you were going on where he there was a lot of panels where she almost kind of looked like, uh, you know, Mary, like the mother virgin, mm-hmm, like how right, he, yeah. he did her up kind of like a shrine and everything. And it was very beautiful. But he was
0: definitely putting her on a pedestal <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I think she really felt that pressure because there are a few times she was like, hey, you got to, you know, calm down here. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
0: the things you're saying um, intimidate right, me. Exactly. Yeah. I think she yeah. really felt that. And I really felt bad for her because, like, he's literally trying to use her. Like, not literally, but it feels like it. Like, use her as a blanket. And it's like, I have to be here for my whole family. Um, right. And I have no more space to give you. Right. You know? Yeah.
2: And and so, yeah, I can see it from both, from both ways, you know? Uh, but I just, I wish... <laughs> It was very abrupt when he was just like, all right, and I'm done. I'm not talking to you anymore. Yeah. (laughs) But but at least I was so happy to see in that last conversation they had that she was going to graduate from high school. Like, well, oh, I thank know. God. I was I like, oh, oh, good.
1: Good, honey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: Do something with your life and try to move on. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know she's feeling a lot of guilt and, and pressure in her own life, maybe in different ways. But she, you know, you know she feels like she's the glue that has to keep this family together. Right. And what pressure to have on a young person's shoulders, you know? I know. Mm-hmm. So I know we're going to be running out of time here. Um, what do you think was the main point of this book? (sighs) (laughs) Um,
0: That's sigh, Tara.
1: (laughs) Does there? All right. um, I'm going to say the thing. Maybe there doesn't have to be a point. It's a memoir. I think Mm -hmm. it's exercising his demons. I really hope he talked to people before he published this. Um, Not his... I understand, actually, he came out to his parents about not being a Christian when publishing this book, which Mm -hmm. bravo, sir, Mm -hmm. bravo, way to do it. Um, But I mean, I mean, it's just ballsy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, um, But that, um, you know, it's a memoir. And I think maybe that's part of my disassociation with it. You know, a memoir can only be dramatized to a certain extent before it feels unreal. Mm hmm. And this definitely like draws, uh, draws. Uh, it's definitely but uh, <laughs> You know, this definitely like you know touches the line of what I'm willing to believe happened versus didn't happen in what order. Um, uh, so I don't know if there's a point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do either of you have a point? <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. I mean, I thought from what I understood because you know I wasn't there for the IRL meeting a lot of the people saw it as a love story. I kinda really didn't see that. Um, I saw the love story, but I saw him more so struggling with his faith throughout the whole thing. And his relationship with Raina really helped him come to the decision to not be Christian anymore. Um, and not that this love story happened because obviously it didn't go through. Um, they didn't, you know, really keep in touch. Um So I think them, him pulling away from the church is like the big thing of this book. This is how I found myself. This is how I realized Christianity is not a religion for me. Um, And I I really related to that.
1: (laughs) I mean, and I totally get that. I think the problem with this book is it's trying to juggle the love story and that story Mm -hmm. and give them both space to breathe. I I think that's why... I mentioned I wanted in the beginning, I wanted more biblical quotes. I think if there had been more framing around biblical quotes taking us through the story, then that would have made it more obvious that that was the main point of this book. I think, you know, you look at the cover, you look at how much time is given to uh, Reyna as he sees her, really. Um, And it's just confusing. It's confusing about what the main focus should be.
2: Yeah, I think maybe because I could relate so much with the the spiritual and religious side of things, I didn't have a hard time kind of seeing that as the main point of the book. Even though we do spend a lot of time with Craig and Raina, um, I still felt like it was just a, a journey of his faith and discovering his true beliefs. And uh, like you mentioned, Tara, in 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 this interview that I'm I'm tagging, he does. This is how he came out to his parents about not being a Christian. He was just like, "Hey, I wrote a book. Read it."
0: <laughs> like, like I said, uh, ballsy.
2: F- yeah. F Y I, guys. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine Ugh. like what that next conversation was like? I mean, did did they know about? the molestation stuff? Did they, you know...
1: No, I- that's what I'm saying. There's so much in here that is... I really hope you talk to people, dude. <laughs> and then, like, that, that's what I... I feel so unfulfilled about a lot of what happened in his childhood. That I, mm-hmm. I just... I hope you got resolution, man. I hope this wasn't your resolution. Like, and if this helped you in your journey, absolutely. I'm hoping it was really good for you and that this, this helped you. But I really hope you also talk to people. Mm-hmm. Oh, um,
0: I'm sure he because, did. This is so personal.
1: I mean, I really hope so. <laughs> I hope so,
0: yeah.
2: And so while I haven't gone mm-hmm. all the way to the other side as he has, you know, um, it was it was interesting to see his journey. Definitely.
0: So did you like it did you like the book I liked it (laughs) and I feel like I was one of the few from the group (laughs) that did I think a lot of
1: people liked it I think I'm probably on the lowest end of listen it's beautiful it's beautifully (laughs) drawn I can say that it's a beautifully drawn book um, I just, I should relate to this. You know, I had this first love story. I had a crisis of faith. I've gone through a lot of this. Um, and I just don't for some reason. I don't connect to it. So, um, I don't know. Beautifully drawn. I I wish there was more framing. Okay. I think that's
2: fair. Um, mm-hmm. And I did. I really liked it as well because I was able to relate. Uh, but, Yeah. We're all allowed to have our differing opinions.
1: <laughs> we are. We are.
2: <laughs> and that said, I think even in our IRL group, no one hated it. Yeah. Um, I no. think, yeah. you know, it was just either lukewarm or like, Yes. you know, and Ooh. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll be interested to see what we all think of our next book. It's called <laughs> It's called Zodiac by Romina Russell.
0: This, this is YA, coming out. right?
2: Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think. And so this will be our December... Good grief. December. Episode. Yeah. December, guys. December. Guys, the
1: description reads like such crack, and I'm so excited. I about know. It. <laughs> it's I was like, like what you know, Zodiac Planet? Your sign de- <laughs> Your sign determines where you live, yeah. and blah blah blah. I'm like, yes, all of this sounds
0: great. <laughs> I'm like, I need this after like deep reading, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is a great December read, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh god!
1: And next next episode will also be our um, end of the year wrap up episodes, right? Where mm-hmm. we talk about um, all of the things we wish we had talked about more. Yeah, <laughs> this right. This past year. Yeah, because <laughs> there's always more to talk
0: about. Always. Always. Well, luckily, that's where <laughs> we have our social media. Whoa! What?
1: <laughs> nice transition. <I> thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, so um, with all the discussions we have and the books we talked about, you can check out our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash eclectic readers slash 25. Um, yeah. And um, in regards to all the books that we've discussed over, over the years, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. where can people find you, Meredith? Well, you can find
2: me. Uh, I spend most of my time on Litzy at this point, so you can find me on Litzy or Twitter or Goodreads. Uh, I have the same handle everywhere. It's Mare the Book Gal, and Mare is M E R E. How about you, Tara?
1: So you can find me on Goodreads Twitter or Litzy as well. I swear I'll write more on Litzy. Um same thing, um, same handle everywhere. That's Tara Newman, my name. I don't know how I manage that, but it's T A R A N E W M A N. How about you, Sue?
0: Uh, people can find me on Goodreads Twitter and Litzy, and I was able to do some finagling with Goodreads, so it's all the same handle. Woo, under Dudi Paicho. R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And we like to um, thank all our supporters, Benji Robinson, Carolyn Kraut, and Joan Edwards for, for help supporting our network and our podcast. And if you would like to support us, just go ahead to sunriserobot.net slash support to see how you can be a Patreon subscriber. And subscribe to us on our favorite podcatchers so you never miss an episode because we talk about books a lot. There's a lot to discuss to talk about so, stick us in your ears. Um, rate and review <laughs> us. <laughs>
1: Not, and
0: re- literally, guys. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> rate it's and review story. us on iTunes. So, um, more bookworms can find us and um, have more discussion. All right. I think that's it. So, let's go ahead and shelve this till next month, you guys.
1: All right. Bye. 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 Is this a podcast about a memoir? Is this a memoir podcast? (laughs) Yeah, we
0: can make it like, is this about us or the author?